This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Well, good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey. I am thrilled to be with you this morning. So excited to have you here, like Brian said, on this uh, just beautiful uh, summer morning. Uh, So again, thank you for being here. Uh, A couple of things just as we jump in. If um, last week, Last week, we closed out uh, our study of Philippians, and we talked about generosity because that's what Paul talks about at the end. And uh, one of the things that kind of uh, uh, dawned on me uh, later in the week, and really I've been thinking about it, but I forgot to talk about it, so I get a chance here, is one of the ways this church really embodies generosity is how we use our church building. And if you drove by the church really any day this weekend— um, you would have seen that in full. In fact, you might have said, what? why is everybody there and I'm not there? What's, what's going on? Um, uh, Friday night, we hosted uh, a local daycare's graduation. There were hundreds of parents and little kids here, all in little tiny uh, graduation gowns. It was very cute if uh, uh, you've never seen that before. That happened here on Friday. Uh, Saturday, uh, uh, we hosted the Reach Out Lakota backpack distribution. Sharon McGuire is going to share about that in just a moment here at the church before the torrential down poor came. Uh, so that was really good. Uh, it is, we're getting into full on swing of summer or sorry, uh, winter sports. And so uh, the phone is ringing off the hook about teams that can come and use our facility, our gym. Uh, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of people from our community that use this building. And, and you guys, uh, you pay for it, you maintain it, uh, and you're open to letting people use it. Sometimes when you get here, like this morning, I, I, everything worked when you got here, but not everything worked when I got here this morning. Uh, so we were kind of playing catch up, troubleshooting some things. Sometimes that happens when other people uh, use our building. But you know what? Those are problems I'm glad to work through to see this building be used by people, to see it bless our community, because that's one of the things God wants for us. So what I, I want you to hear this morning is you, uh, us as a church, we have been very generous to our community uh, with our building uh, and that in so many ways, the church plant that meets here on Sunday nights, uh, so many ways we've been generous. And so I want to say thank you to that. And, and uh, with that, I'm going to ask Sharon. Uh, she's going to come forward just for a second and share a little bit about what happened on Saturday. You know, I can't do anything in just one second. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just want to say again, I'll reiterate what he said, that I just love being part of a church that is so good about sharing uh, their resources with the community. And uh, not only is Reach Out Lakota, but as, as he said, other facilities or, or other people use it also. But in relation to Reach Out Lakota, we did our back-to-school distribution yesterday. The gym was filled with backpacks and school supplies. The kids signed up. We had about 444 kids that had signed up for a back-to-school program. So some came with ki- the parents. Some parents came without the kids, but most of the time the kids were there too. But Annie Cantrell and I were um, fortunate enough to be able to work the program yesterday here. Um, and it was just so great to see the faces of all the kids coming in, not as excited about going to school as they were about finding a backpack that they wanted and so <laughs> forth. So, <clears throat> and it was great to see their smiling faces as they left here 
yesterday with those backpacks. And the support was so great in the community that we actually had an overabundance of backpacks this year. So they will be shared with another agency. And then all the school supplies, if there are any additionals, they go to the school resource liaisons. And then they, in turn, disperse them during the year to children in the Lakota School District. So it's a gift that just keeps on giving in the community. Uh, so again, I just want to say a special thank you. And I know Joe read the letter from Reach Out about the Maseka uh, bags that we prepared that Sunny the 100 and they were just overwhelmed. It's just been a real blessing also there. So again, I just want to say thank you so much for being just great partners and great shares of this building that we have here to be able to use it for so many different ways. And um, I know the Lord's blessed us in so many ways and we'll, he will continue to as we continue to bless others. Thank you, Sharon. Yes, uh, uh, church, just again, thank you so much for being generous, for uh, letting people uh, come and use it and, and not complaining to me about it uh, when things uh, don't quite uh, work the way that we wanted them to uh, before. So with all that shared, uh, again, so many ways the buildings are being used uh, throughout the week, and uh, we're just really thankful for that. I want to make sure that I don't forget, uh, if uh, you haven't already, reach into the seat back in front of you. You can grab one of these Connect cards. Uh, a Connect card is a great way for you to uh, make sure that we know what's going on in your life. We, it's our desire to have one of these from every family here. So not only can you put name and address and those kinds of things, uh, uh, but also you can write down prayer requests, decisions that you've made, other things you want us to know about. Uh, please uh, do that. Those uh, prayer requests, they get recorded, uh, they get distributed to our leadership team, they get prayed for. So please, please take a moment uh, to fill out that uh, Connect card uh, today, and uh, you can drop it in the offering bag as it goes by at the end of our time together, or in one of the baskets as we exit either this room or uh, kind of the main hallway. With that, let me just pray for us, and then we'll jump in today. Lord God, uh, we are so thankful. Uh, thankful, first of all, for uh, the gathering of this group of people, uh, these followers of you, these people who, who have come here to learn more about you, to uh, not just learn more about you, God, to, but to be more like you. God, my prayer is that that's the message that gets stirred in our hearts today. Help that to happen even now. Thank you for uh, the words of praise that we got to sing that Daniel led us in this morning, Lord, about your love and your grace and the hope that you have for us. God, we ask, we ask that you work in this time together as we continue to learn about you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, well, uh, like I said, we ended uh, our summer-long kind of Philippians, our deep dive into the book of Philippians last week. We spent 10 weeks with that. This week, we're starting a new series, kind of as uh, the new school year starts, and we kind of think about turning a new page. We're going to talk about getting past your past. And, and let me just share with you uh, what this series is all about. Sometimes... We look back on life, and we can't help but smile. Walking down the aisle to the one that you loved, uh, those Christmas mornings with the kids, uh, maybe a family vacation that just sticks out in your mind, and it just brings a smile to your face. Maybe just uh, uh, getting together with some friends and laughing around a table. There are memories 
memories, images in our minds that just we can't help but smiling. Just like there are positive memories, there's also negative ones for us. And try as we might, we can't forget them. They just always, even when we think that we got past them, these kind of negative uh, pictures in our minds, they have this way of creeping back into our life. There's memories that don't bring a smile to our faces. They bring shame to our hearts. And in the series, what we want to do so we want, to, we want to name and identify and talk about how we can move past these memories, these times, the, these memories, these negative memories that act like anchors, always pulling us back, pulling us back despite how badly we want to move forward. So we're going to talk about how we can move past our past. And in the first week, one of the, uh, how we're going to start is we're going to talk about one specific kind of memory, one kind of specific thing that uh, we get held back with in our minds, and that is labels. Now, um, can you guys, can you see this? You know, remember, anybody remember this? Anybody use one of these? A few of you, right? You, this is a, a label maker. You're maybe you're cleaning up your, your house and uh, you kind of gather some stuff up and so you, uh, you start typing away and, and you label the box so you can't look into it. Maybe you had one of these at the office. You said, this is my lunch, right? <laughs> don't touch. Anne's left a few of those uh, kind of around uh, the church that say don't touch for me mostly. Um, Anne's our secretary uh, and this is her label maker. Uh, So I'm going to put that back, you guys. I'm pretty sure this one actually doesn't say, usually they say, this belongs to the office. Make sure it goes back there. I don't, anyway. Uh, uh, So, uh, you know, we, we, we know what a label maker is. Sometimes we go a little label maker crazy. Have you ever seen somebody go, I have one picture of somebody who went a little crazy with the label maker, right? They just kind of start to identify everything. And while this is obviously a label maker, what I want to make sure uh, that we kind of get our minds around is while this is obviously a label maker, we are label makers as well. We make labels for other people. We make labels for ourselves. We are label makers as well. And, and sometimes these labels can be helpful, right? When uh, maybe we're the boss at work and we kind of label some of the good employees, the hard workers, and they get the best projects. Maybe uh, we label for ourselves some of the things that we're good at, some of the things we're not so good at, and, and that kind of uh, uh, identifies what we're going to work on and, and where our, kind of our sweet spots are in life. But just... Like there are some positive attributes to being a label maker. So many times there's negative ones as well. When we label ourselves, when we label other things and we kind of hold them back, those labels, they became anchors like we talked about in the beginning this morning. 
This week I was reading an article uh, from Newsweek. It was from a few years ago, but it is still uh, last couple of years. And, and really the title of the article or the point of the article is they were asking the question, can we ever really get past labels in our life? They were predominantly going to high school years. Maybe you remember uh, uh, those years and you remember what it was like. Maybe you've picked up a couple of labels in those years. They were talking about how even uh, how those labels, they're not innocent, but they're powerful. They're powerful in how they can shape our perceptions about others, about ourselves, deep into adulthood. Especially if those behaviors get repeated, reestablished. Maybe you remember some of those labels from high school. Maybe you remember other labels that people put on you, that you put on yourself. As we get started today, this is what I want to make sure you understand. That when I use this, right, I can print out a label, I can put it on something, but, and it's helpful, but it also, it comes off pretty easily, right? I, I, just a little bit of pressure on the corner, I can tear that label right off. So many times when, when we put a label on somebody else, when we put a label on ourselves, those labels, they stick so much harder, so much longer than these labels do. Even when we think that they're gone, these labels we put on our hearts, on ourselves, they have this way of kind of working their way back into our life. And what we we really need to do is to write over the labels. That's one of the things God wants to do in our life. He wants to write over these false negative labels with the truth. We need to write over these false negative labels with the labels of people who care for us, who want the best for us, who know us the best. And more than any other person, more than even ourselves, we need to hear the labels God has for us. Apostle Paul spends more than five chapters in 2 Corinthians, talking about the newness of creation, the newness of life that comes when we have faith in God. And one of my favorite verses in this section is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. God has labels he wants to put on our hearts. He wants to put on us that are far different than the labels we put on ourselves, far different than the labels we put on other people. To illustrate this morning, I want to turn to an Old Testament story. Story of Rahab. 
Uh, if you uh, aren't familiar with the story, this is in Joshua chapter 2 and 6. Uh, I encourage you to do some reading on it. Maybe make a note about that this week. I'm going to give you the highlight version, the, the quick version of the story. But you can find the rest of the details in Joshua chapter 2 and 6. First time that we get introduced to Rahab uh, is she's a prostitute in Jericho. But she soon becomes a hero of the faith. Joshua, the leader of Israel, after Moses has just led Israel through the desert, they've wandered. There's so much of the Old Testament that's about that. And they've come into the promised land. They're now trying to conquer the promised land. And they come up to Jericho, this fortified city. This city that, uh, that people have not been able to uh, conquer And Joshua sends two spies into Jericho, and they're found out almost immediately, but they find refuge in the house of Rahab, in uh, the prostitute's house. She hides them. Uh, She, even when the guards come, uh, she she sends them a different direction, said that, no, they, they left, they went to the other side of town, and then she lowers them out the window down safely to the ground. She immediately identifies faith in the God of Israel. And the spies, they tell her to tie a scarlet cord in a window and that she and her whole house would be spared. Rahab, after uh, uh, Israel, uh, after they defeat Jericho in kind of a miraculous way, marching around the city, after they defeat uh, Jericho, Rahab and her family, they're saved. And, you know, despite her heroic actions, despite all of, uh, of her faith, it would have been easy for Rahab to keep those labels of the past. For years, she was insulted, mistreated, told that she wasn't good for anything other than her body, and yet God had different labels he wanted to put on Rahab. Rahab marries uh, uh, an Israelite man by the name of Boaz. And, no, I'm sorry, she, she becomes the mother of Boaz. Boaz uh, marries uh, Ruth, and so Rahab eventually becomes the great, great, great grandmother of Jesus. And the next place that we see uh, Rahab's name mentioned is in Hebrews chapter 11. And one of the things that is uh, spectacular about Hebrews chapter 11 is this is where the heroes of the faith get identified. The, the people in, in the Old Testament, the people up until that point who have been heroes of faith in Rahab's name is recorded there. Think about that for a moment today. That story. Here's Rahab, a a prostitute, a hooker, a harlot, a member of the oldest occupation on earth. The labels that would have so easily been placed on her. The labels that she must have carried from others. The labels she carried from herself. And yet God, 
God sees so completely differently. He says, you know what? Uh, Those aren't the labels that I'm going to place on you. I'm going to say you're loved. I'm going to say you're cared for. I'm going to say you're valued. I'm going to say you're not just in the family of God, but you're in the direct line of Jesus. It's not enough of you just to think of yourself as a faithful person. I want people from all, uh, for all time, I want it recorded in Scripture that you are a hero of the faith. Those are the labels God puts on Rahab. We know what it's like. We know what it's like to carry a label. We know what it's like to be named something by someone else. We know what it's like to be labeled by our own thoughts. We know how deeply difficult that can be to shake, to get past. And here's a story of God's incredible love. Here's a story of God uh, uh, labeling this woman, refusing to let her past define her. In the light of Rahab's story this morning, in the light of maybe some of the labels that you have thought of, that you've picked up through the years, can I just read 2 Corinthians 5.17 again for us this morning? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone has come to the line of faith and they've said, you know what, God, my my life has been uh, uh, this uh, kind of mess that's been filled with sin and brokenness and I've been a part of that and I don't want that anymore, God, I want you. When we've come to that moment, the new creation The old is gone. Those labels, they don't stick anymore. Those old ones are gone. The new is here, Paul says. I hope you hear those words this morning. Not just some nice words that are in the Bible. uh, Some things, you know, that you maybe think about when you associate it to somebody else. But I hope you hear those as a declaration over your life. That's what God wants us to hear. The old is gone. The new is here. No matter the label, no matter the past, no matter the depth of the shame, God says, faith in me. Faith in me means starting not over, starting new. We see this happen in many ways in the Bible. Rahab was a great example. Here are a few others this morning. So many times in in Scripture when uh, a great change happens in someone's life, in someone's heart, it gets accompanied by a new name, a new label. We spend so much time being weighted down by the old labels the old names given to us by others, by ourselves, God comes into our lives. He comes into our stories and he says, I want to change that. 
It's what happened in the life of Abraham, or Abram and Sarai, who wanted nothing more than to have children, but they're way beyond childbearing years. They're way too old for children, and they want nothing more than that. And God comes to them, and he says, you're not just going to have a few children. You're going to be the parents of a great nation. He asked Abram to uh, come outside and and look at the stars above him and try and count them. He says, that's what it's going to be like. That's going to be what your descendants are like. And so Abram and Sarai become Abraham and Sarah. Jacob, the the trickster, gets a new name that comes to, uh, to identify all of God's people, meaning the one who struggled with God. God prevailed. In the New Testament, there's a a persecutor of the church, a a man named Saul who walks around and he's going from place to place looking for Christians gathered together and he meets God on the road uh, because he's been persecuting them. He meets God on the road and he has such a profound change of heart that Saul becomes Paul and the persecutor of the church becomes a planter of churches. We don't always get new names like Abraham or Paul. But hear this. God asks us to stop believing old labels about our new selves. He asks us to stop believing the old labels about our new self. Does that describe you? Have you been weighted down for years but believing old labels about something new God is creating in you? Here's what we don't talk about much. Oftentimes, it's easy. It's easier for us to believe the old labels even when we don't want to, even when we know that they're not true, even when they're painful, we still hold on to them. Our job, the challenge God gives us, the challenge God gives us is to believe what God says about us more than anyone else, even ourselves. you're a parent this morning you remember the first time maybe your your kid came home from school and their eyes were a little watery and puffy and they were just they were sad and brokenhearted and after you asked and you asked and you asked you finally pried out of them what happened and really what it comes down to is somebody labeled them something and they started to believe it but you just want to, you get, you get down on your knees and you look them right in the eye and you said, you're not what some terrible, uh, what some terrible, you're not some terrible thing some other kid said about you. You're loved. You're kind. You're smart. You're mine. I see all kinds of potential in you. You are not those things and you know what's at stake when we start believing other people's labels. Us. 
this morning. One of the things I want us to make sure we get is that God must do that for us thousands and thousands of times. Because his heart breaks. His heart breaks when we start to believe lies and labels other people put on us. When, when we uh, fabricate some truth about ourselves, some lie about us, and we start believing our own, uh, our own lie about ourselves, our own labels that we put on ourselves. It breaks God's heart. God wants us to know that we're Beautiful and smart and kind and loved, and we're His. We worked our way through the book of Philippians this summer. We read these words in chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, and they apply here. Paul says, Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As we close this morning, as we spend this month talking about how we get past our past. So many times our past is rolled up in a label, a name, that we picked up somewhere along the way that we put on ourselves, we put it on our heart, and it doesn't need to be there. God doesn't want it there. In this morning, as we kind of close our time together, can you just spend a few minutes? discovering what those labels are, praying about what they are. Maybe they come right to your mind this morning. Maybe you need to spend some time just asking God to search your heart to find out what those labels are. And then before you exit this building, walk out these doors, can you just imagine God ripping off that old label and throwing it on the ground and stomping it into the dirt, putting a new label over you, one that says that you're loved and cared for, one that says, I have special plans for this one. Once you've done that this morning, would you take just a moment, especially if you're a parent, And think about your kids as we get ready to go back to school. And that's a place that so many times we pick up labels. Or maybe you're not a a parent today. Maybe you've got some nieces and nephews. Maybe uh, you just saw some kids running around the building this morning. Maybe there's a, a teenager here that's sitting close to you that you can just be thinking about. So we know that these are periods in life, in time, where it's so easy for us to pick up somebody else's label. Will you just pray for them? That they believe God's labels more than anybody else's. That they hear God's voice the most clearly. Let me pray for us, and then Daniel can play.
God, this morning we know, we know that as we think back about our life in We can see places where we picked up labels. We can see how that maybe even shaped parts of our life, maybe even shape us still today. God, it's my prayer right now. I know that it's your heart. That every person in this room, that every person who listens to this on the podcast know that your labels are more true than any other label we picked up anywhere else. We've seen that in scripture. We saw that in the story of Rahab. We see that in the name changes that happen so often with these changes in people's lives. God, we know that's your heart for us. And sometimes we just need moments moments where we just imagine, God, you tearing off that old label, stomping it into the dirt and putting on a new label. It says, I'm loved by God, I'm created by Him, and He has great plans for me, and I value And God, this morning we want to make sure we take a moment we think about some of the children in our lives, children in in this room, in this church, the the teenagers here in in this room, God, we say a prayer for them. Because maybe they get what we're talking about, maybe they don't, Lord, but we know, we know that the labels that we so often pick up in these young years way to follow us. God, let your voice be louder, clearer in their life than any other label by somebody else, even themselves, God. In your name we pray. Amen.